In the beginning was the book. Seven hundred years old. The Hoff slammed it down so hard the table rattled. Imagine that. Apparently noting our lack of awe, he dropped a liver-spotted fist onto the book with nearly as much force. Do so now. He swiveled his head to glare at each of us in turn, neck veins bulging with the effort. Close your eyes. Imagine a scribe in a dark, windowless room. Imagine his quill scratching across the page, transcribing his secrets, his god, his magic, his power, his blood. Imagine for just one moment that you will be the one to reach across the ages and make this manuscript yield its treasure. He drew a baby blue handkerchief from his breast pocket and hawked a thick wad of phlegm into its center. Imagine what it might be like if your sad, small lives were actually worth something. I closed my eyes, as ordered, and imagined, in glorious detail, the tortures I would impose on Chris as soon as we escaped from this musty dungeon of mad professors and ancient books. Trust me, Chris had said, promising me a genial old man with twinkling grandfather eyes and a Santa laugh. The Hoff was, according to Chris, a bearded marshmallow, hovering on the verge of senility, with little inclination to force his research assistants to show up on time, or, for the most part, show up at all. This was supposed to be my senior year gift to myself, a thrice-weekly escape from the ever-constricting halls of Chapman Prep into the absent-minded bosom of ivy-covered academia, a string of lazy afternoons complete with snacking, lounging, and the occasional nap. Not to mention, Chris had pointed out as my pen hovered over the registration form, the opportunity to spend quality time with your all-time favorite person, otherwise known as me. Not that this was in short supply, as his freshman dorm was about a hundred yards from my high school locker. The only problem with the dorm was having to put up with the presence of his roommate, who resolutely kept himself on his side of the room while keeping his owlish eyes on us. And now that same roommate stared at me from across the table, the final member of our intrepid archival team. Another detail Chris had conveniently neglected to mention. Chris assured me that Max didn't intend to be creepy and was, when no one else was watching, almost normal. But then Chris liked everyone, and his credibility was slipping by the minute. The Hoff, Chris had coined the nickname last year when he'd been the one whiling away his senior year with the get-out-of-jail-free pass, commonly known as supervised independent study, passed around the book. Decades' worth of experts have tried to crack the code, he said as we flipped through page after page of incomprehensible symbols. More than 200 pages of them, broken only by elaborate illustrations of flowers and animals and astronomical phenomena that apparently had no counterparts in the real world. Historians, cryptographers, mathematicians, the NSA's best code breakers gave it all they had, but the Voynich manuscript refused to yield. Mr. Lewis! We all flinched. The Hoff snarled, revealing a mouthful of jagged teeth, sharp as fangs, and, judging from his expression, 
soon to be applied to a similar purpose. That is not how one handles a valuable book. Max, who had been rifling through the pages like it was a flip book, rested his hands flat on the table. Behind his glasses, his eyes were wide. Sorry, he said quietly. Aside from the soft hi I'd gotten when we were introduced, it was the first time I'd heard him speak. I cleared my throat. It's not a valuable book, I told the Hoff. It's a copy of a valuable book. If he ruined it, I'm sure he could scrounge up the 20 bucks to pay you back.